Welcome to the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss important topics for buyers, sellers, and investors in the Toronto area real estate market. Here's your host, Randy Selzer. Welcome back, everybody. It's Randy Seltzer here. Welcome back to my YouTube channel and back to the podcast. And today, once again, we have a very special guest, Mr. Scott Smith, who is an attorney down in Austin, Texas. This is the second time that Scott's been interviewed here. We did a session back in November where we talked about asset protection strategies. And after you listen to today's video, I urge you to go back and take a look at that one too, because Scott provided some tremendous information on how to protect your real estate assets uh, in case you ever get into some legal situation, how you can protect them from being seized or taken away from you. Excellent, excellent uh, video from the last time. Today, however, we're going to talk a little bit about estate planning, which is something that a lot of people don't think uh, too much about. Most people have a will and maybe a power of attorney, but they don't think too much about what's going to happen to their estate when they pass on. How is it going to get to their children? And like I say, Scott is an expert. He's an attorney in Austin. And I will say that I'm in Canada. Scott's in the U.S. His company is called Royal Legal Solutions, and they have customers on both sides of the border. So he's able to help both Canadians and Americans. So welcome, Scott. Nice to see you back again. Yeah, great to be back here, Randy. I think last time we focused a lot on like the attorney work as it, like related to real estate investors. Um, and on the asset protection side of things, how to like hold your assets anonymously, make sure they're compartmentalized, make sure you streamline your tax returns, and how do you do that all on cohesive systems? Exactly. And then today we're talking about <coughs> estate planning. Is that right? That's right. Um, so I got a little bit of a cold here. I think as everybody in the country is kind of feeling right now, um, I'm I'm really I'm really excited to be able to come on and share with you um, and everybody, Randy, and um, about the importance of estate planning because I think a lot of people really question about like, hey, do, when do I need an estate plan, right? Yeah. Um, and and the, 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 real, the realities of an estate plan is why is it so important is because if you don't have an estate plan, the government actually decides what happens to your assets when you die, right? right? If you don't have a living trust and a will, you, the government decides that who's going to get what uh, out, out of those assets. And that it has to all go through a court proceeding where you have to then pay attorneys out of your estate. So you get to pay those attorney's bills out of what you thought you were going to leave to your family. Yep. You also get to have the pleasure of having your family then now fight with each other about who's going to get what. You also get to have the pleasure of people trying to sue your estate, saying that you owed them money uh, and that now they're going to try to collect that out of the state. So now your family has to go fight against all of those creditors at, while they're mourning your death. Uh, and then the assets can get caught up inside of the court proceeding because of any of these conflicts. So, you know, what could happen to your real estate? If nobody actually has legal power to control the real estate, they collect the rents, pay the mortgages, pay the insurance, et cetera. So yes, it's important yes. to consider these. And in, in my opinion, I mean, have you seen that be important to people, you know, Randy? I hate to say this, but it's a cold world out there. So there are all sorts of problems that can occur. And especially the bigger your estate, the more trouble that there can be. Even just going through probate can be a nightmare. But um, yeah, it's absolutely necessary. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, sure. Well, I think you mentioned like a key word there, probate. That might be like a, a good word for everybody to get to know what that means. So probate is what happens if you die and you either don't have a will um, or you do have a will. And the probate process what I just told you about, which is going through that court proceeding where all your assets now become part of the public record, what the extent of them is, who they go to, lets everybody else in the world know that there's stuff here that they should come after if they... Uh, 
if they so desire to, um, right. based upon any type of claim they might have. And, and with that probate court, a lot of people right now typically just have a will and they don't understand it, how poor a will actually does of the job in comparison to what the alternatives would be. A will is a lot better than not having anything, yeah. right? Because if you don't have anything, then the government just makes all the decisions. And then if you have a will, at least you get to control uh, to some degree um, what happens to, to the assets um, apart from all of the other things, bad things that can happen because now it's all part of public record. But I'm the type of guy that likes privacy and control. Um, and that's why I will have a will uh, as a backup, but my primary will be something that's called uh, a living trust. And Randy, tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what's your understanding of like living trust? You know, I'll put you on the hot seat here. Man, I'm asking, I'm asking you. <laughs> I know what a, I know what a trust is. I'm not 100% sure what a living trust is. So you, oh, better, you better educate me, man. I, <laughs> I need it. We're going to test the limits of Randy's knowledge today, too. Yeah, well, you're not going to have to go too far. You're not going to have to go too far with legal matters. Well, cool. So the, the living trust is actually one of the, it's a trust document um, that holds all of your assets. So that way, um, when you die, all of the assets pass through the trust um, and avoids probate. So what that allows you to do is hold the assets during electing the trust. You can move assets in and out. You can do anything you want with a trust. It gives you 100% flexibility. There's no additional tax returns. There's no additional anything that has to happen with that living trust. But when you die, all of the assets avoid probate uh, because it's held inside of a trust. And your heirs, whoever is supposed to receive those assets, get immediate control of the assets so they can pay the mortgages, collect the rents, pay the insurance, do the things that they know they need to do. And uh, all of it stays anonymous because it's not, it doesn't go through a court proceeding. So none of it becomes part of the public record. Okay. This is something, this is something that I need to know about for sure. And I can guarantee you that 99% of the people out there do not know about this. And this is in Canada as well as the U.S., correct? Yeah, all of these structures work the same uh, okay. in both countries, right? Okay. Um, the, the forms that they'll be used are a little different, but the legal functions sure. themselves are exactly the same. Okay, a living trust, okay. Yeah, so you'll have this. You'll have the living trust here. Helps you avoid probate. Helps you control the assets. Holds things anonymously for you. It's really the right way to do it. Um, and and what will happen is is that you'll take all of your assets um, that you have, your bank account, your stocks account, your uh, your any rental property you may own, your right. limited partnership interests, right? And all of that will either be held directly inside of the living trust, or if you go back and listen to the prior show that we did together, you would know that oh. No, all of those assets are actually going to be held inside of some type of corporate entity, whether it's going to be a limited partnership if you're on the Canadian side of things yep. or on the U.S. side of things, probably an LLC type structure. I think so you called bit. it a corporate shield. Very, yeah. very. I like that. That's good. That's your corporate shield. Right. Yeah, you need some type of corporate shield. So that way you become impervious to lawsuits. People can see you all day long and you don't care. Right. Okay. And that's what a corporate shield buys you. So the living trust can be within that structure. The living trust will actually be at the top of the structure, oh, okay. meaning that the living trust will then in turn own the corporation or corporations, okay. and then the corporations will in turn own all of the assets. Got so it. that way in your life, it makes it really convenient because you just set up the living trust once. You can modify it as many times as you'd like. You know, typically with our clients, we're looking at at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, just to make sure like, hey, is 
is this still where we want all the assets to go? Do we have all the right. assets cleaned up out of your name and pushed into the um, into the entity structure? Because you never want to hold assets in your own name. It's the worst possible way you can hold assets in life. They can take everything. Yeah. So one of the most important things that we can do actually is to use the living trust to own your corporate entity structure. That's your corporate shield. And then all of your assets are owned by inside of your corporation. So now they're protected from lawsuits. People can sue you all day long. They can't get to anything. Uh, and then when you die, all the assets pass directly to your heirs. Uh, it all stays anonymous. Um, and uh, you can even pass it to them inside of the corporate structure. So that way uh, it's protected for them as well. Uh, they have come in. So it becomes one of these, these, um, these tools that allows you to quickly uh, be able to give them control of the assets to collect rents, pay the mortgages, uh, you know, otherwise handle the affairs, the assets. So those don't get caught up in the court process. Right. Uh, and, and, and you'll still have a will and your will will say something really simple. We call it a pour over will. It'll say, Hey, anything that I didn't have inside of my living trust, where are the corporate entities that are owned by the living trust? I want you to take that and I just want you to pour it into the living trust and then distribute it in whatever way the living trust says. So that way you have like your primary vehicle that you're looking out for every, you know, once or twice a year, making sure that that's all clean and up to date. Um, but there's going to be other stuff that you just don't put in there, right? Like your watches, your clothes, right. just other things that are like that, um, that aren't technically inside of the trust. And you'll just use your will at that point to scoop all that up, dump it into the trust and let the uh, trust then distribute any of those assets at that I, time. I know in working in real estate, um, I've, I've personally been up against a, a probate situation several times where uh, people don't understand that, you know, if their, their mother passes away and they inherit the house, they cannot sell that house until pr the probate process is finished. And uh, that could take months and months. I don't know about in Austin, but up here in the Toronto area, I've had, I've seen it take three, four, even five months uh, to go through that process. And in the meantime, the house just sits there. Uh, there's nothing they can do about it. So I think it's a great idea. You have the best ideas. You really do. Oh, right. I've just been doing this for six years now. And, and my exclusive, uh, exclusive focus in life is like how to do this. So <laughs> it's a, it's one of those byproducts of just having working with uh, that and a couple thousand investors putting these kinds of things together. And it's, it's really one of those deals that like, I think a lot of people, you know, they're really afraid. A lot of people are really afraid of, of death, right? But there's no reason to be afraid of actually all of the planning behind it. Because really what you're doing is you're giving your family the gift of having everything clean and organized. Otherwise, without these things put in place, what you're really doing is dropping a headache of trying to figure out what needs to happen to all this money and assets, potentially trying to defend from lawsuits, having to go through court proceedings yep. while they're also grieving for your death, right? So the idea is like, how can you make it easy for everybody? Um, and how can we do that proactively? So yep. that way that we, we know that when we go that, um, that they're going to be taken care of and it's going to be in a way of, of, of what we want for them uh, while they're going through something else. That's, it's obviously going to be very difficult. Yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. I think anybody who's 50 years or over, especially should take a look at this. Uh, it's all part of that planning for your estate. I know most people love their kids and they want to make sure that there's a seamless transition should they pass on and, uh, everybody should do it. Absolutely. But this takes yeah. it up. This takes it up to a different level, a higher level, because most people think, well, I've got my will, got my power of attorney, you know, but this, they, they don't understand that there's, there's other things you can do to make it even more seamless and better for your children, really. Well, it's the only way to make it, um, even with the wills and the powers of attorneys in place, right, that you still end up with 
a lot of the problems, right? Which is, yeah. you know, what's going to happen? What's the court process that we now have to fight through to be able to get to the other side? So with Living Trust, you're able to bypass all that. You also, I would also highlight for people that, you know, of course, if you're older, right, you want to be thinking about how things are going to pass. I would also posit to everybody that says, like, if you have children, that this is an absolute necessity because you need to be able to control what's going to happen with the assets for the kids, right? Which is one, who's going to take care of the kids? Right. What is the freedom of them to be able to use those assets that you have to take care of the children? So that way they don't waste those assets and that they are preserved for the children as best as possible. But also, when do the kids get the assets, right? It's probably a really bad idea to drop a couple million bucks onto an 18-year-old. You probably want to phase that out, you know, and from like a little bit at 18, maybe a little bit at 25 and like maybe the rest at 30 they come into it. So there's there's some considerations in there that become really important um, when when looking at the kids. I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't I don't like the idea of giving really young people a bunch of money. I just don't ever see that work out well. They're not ready for it. Not not the kind of money, especially with house prices the way they are these days. No, not a good idea or any substantial asset. I know if somebody had given me a million bucks when I was 18, it would have been a bad idea. Definitely. So. Yeah. You're just, your mind is in a different place, right? So it's like, it's knowing your kids and then knowing what's yeah. going to be right for them. And then, and then you also have this estate plan too, with the living trust that you can modify. So it's a horrible thing to think about, right? But what happens if like your kid runs into a struggle in their life, right? Of something you'd say, hey, well, if they're running into serious struggles, whether it could be drugs or alcohol or just loss of focus in life, mm-hmm. um, whatever that could be and, and whatever way that shows up for them, that you know, having your estate plan in place to make sure that you're not going to exacerbate a challenge that they're already having uh, could be incredibly important. Yeah. Well, that's another zinger, Scott. Uh, this is uh, building on top of the last uh, talk that we had. And I think absolutely uh, you have to think about estate planning, no matter who you are, no matter where you are at, at, on that journey of your life. And uh, I, I'm going to put your contact information uh, once again, down underneath the video on YouTube and also on the podcast. And people should call you. Absolutely. Uh, this is important stuff, whether you're in Canada or the U.S., everybody should do it. And, uh, oh, we didn't talk about one thing. What, what's the approximate cost to set that up, the living trust? How, how does that work? Is it an expensive thing to set up? No, I mean, it really... Ballpark. ballpark. Yeah, ballpark. You're usually talking about um, two to $3,000 typically to set it up with a professional. Not um, it's going to be about average uh, average price with that. Of course, you can set up things like through like Rocket Lawyer or LegalZoom, right? That are going to be a lot cheaper. And if that's the only thing you can afford, it's better off to do something rather than nothing no. at all. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you have any type of uh, assets or real concerns about what's going to happen with the care of your children, it's an investment and hiring, hiring professional staff to be able to ensure that things are done uh, correctly for you, especially if we look at referencing back to all the things I talked about in the previous episode, which is, well, how do these things integrate? Between the like the living trusts and the wills, part of my estate plan, how does yes. that integrate with my corporate structure and how does that integrate with my assets? The linking of the ideas together is what makes Royal Legal Solutions an elite firm. Any one individual topic, any attorney can talk about that's like a quote unquote specialist in that topic. Um, but when it comes into how do they all need to link together across the broad spectrum of concerns that an individual would have, um, that's what I've built the last six years and building a team of 40 people by, with five attorneys, 12 paralegals, and a that's big support a, staff. That's a big it. law office, man. That's a big law yeah. office, big time. Yeah. Uh, no, and what could be more important? What could be more important to anybody? I think that would be money well spent. You don't want to cheap out. 
You don't want to cheap out. You want to get, like you say, you want it integrated. Uh, I mean, it's your estate, it's your life, basically. And if you're, if you're handing it over to your children, what could be more important than that? So you don't want to cheap out. No way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, it's just absolutely one of those things that you can um, take action on it now, even if you're only 80% sure, because the reality is these documents are really easy to change. Um, so it's just as simple as making corrections and then re-signing them uh, as you change to go on. So what I always tell people is like, don't think you have to have this perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to have something up because something up is better than nothing up. And then we can always just modify it as we go, either once or twice a year or at whatever frequency that you feel like is necessary for you, depending upon what you have going on in your life. So don't let perfect and certainty be the enemy of, you know, taking action and doing the right steps. Absolutely. Well said. Anyways. It's uh, always a pleasure talking to you. I hope we get to do this again sometime. And um, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that we can talk about. But uh, once again, Scott Smith, I want to thank you for coming on board the, uh, the podcast and the video today. And uh, I'll make sure we'll get this up in the next day or so. And people, if you have any questions, make sure uh, that you put your comments uh, in there and we'll try to answer any questions that you might have. And uh, carry on. And remember, folks, that's most important when you're talking about your money. This is your money and your estate. You want to make sure that it gets managed properly so that, number one, the government doesn't take it all. And uh, number two, that it's, it's transferred seamlessly uh, to those kids or whoever you want to have it transferred to. So thanks again, Scott. All the best, my friend. Thank you, Randy. Okay, you take care, and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out our main website at randyselzer.com for much more valuable info on the Canadian real estate scene.